37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Hey, this is episode 258 of Pixelated Paranormal. That means it's part two of our interview on the Global Strangeness podcast with Scott, Deborah, and Jeremy. And on the second half of our interview, we actually got into some personal paranormal stories, some you've heard and some that are all new. So without a further ado, please enjoy the second half. Bottom line is they want us to eat bugs. <laughs> hey, did you say to eat that bugs? That's the start of mine and Deborah's news channel. <laughs> yeah, dude, I tell hey. you what. So I've been looking into alternate forms of protein because you said they want us to eat bugs, right? I heard aquaponics, that right. Aquaponics, dude. Aquaponics. Aquaponics. Okay. I I've been doing a little studying about alternate proteins and. If it were just a little bit cheaper, I would fully go to like one meal a day, like cricket meal or mealworm proteins for but, sure. Uh, I, I get I get where you're going with this. This is like what they're trying to put put into the mainstream media. But that's mm-hmm. going to be cricket meal with high fructose corn syrup and a bunch of artificial starch and nonsense, right? Like they're going to powderize this fucking cricket meal. And they're going to put it in some sort of tofu block. I was vegan for 10 years. Like I stopped being vegan when I couldn't afford to be vegan anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a good thing. It's it's not a good thing. Like we need to eat natural foods. Oh, for well, sure, man. The for governments sure. and, and the powers of be, they, they like people to be sick because it's big, mm-hmm. it's big money. It's big business. It's profitable. Yeah. So it's not going to be, you know, an uber healthy thing for all of us that's being mm-hmm. pushed. It's going to be uh, fake, gross food that makes you sick because that's what that's what keeps them rich. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's for sure. But what do you think about like you can still eat your greasy burgers and your, you know, your hot wings and stuff like that. But like switching like one meal a day over to something like that. Not your, I don't like, menu. like I, like I said, I was vegan for 10 years. I don't mm-hmm. want to eat a McDonald's burger. I want to be able to buy non fucking hormone grown tons of antibiotics in my beef. I want to mm-hmm. be able to buy Ooh. straight beef. I want to be able to buy aquaponic grown fruits and vegetables. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I want straight food. I don't want any more of their. It's, it's funny why you're saying this, Scott. That I just saw a commercial for Arby's Wagyu beef. Uh, burger. <laughs> <laughs> well, while I'm drinking my uh, Keystone. Oh, yeah. Rice I got here with. Keystone white. Toast corn I was going to say, tell me there's no corn syrup in that. And yeah, I will exactly. uh, pay you a dollar. <laughs> well, ba- what I'm well, well backsider, no corn push here. It worse. Like, obviously, you know, we went from the 50, we, we came from the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And then we went into this microwave ready nonsense. Right. And now they're trying to push that. Oh, I see you have a little kitty cat there. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah, he's an asshole. 
<laughs> cats usually are. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you like, think about the cats aren't real conspiracy? I mean, this I guy's real enough. I got scars to prove. I haven't heard the cats aren't real. Yeah. Oh, oh maybe, maybe it is birds are real. Oh, no. It's birds. the cats are aliens. Yeah. It's the cats are aliens conspiracy. Yeah. No. I, like <laughs> the bird, the birds aren't real. My son just shot one and we ate it. It was real. Did it taste crunchy like a salad? Real good. It tastes or like that, steak, dude. Or is that what the Matrix wants you to think, Scott? Right, the simulation, yeah. Come on, man. No, I, I 100% believe, like, I'm sorry to say. Might be I'll tell true. you, what's come out of the last two, five years is the most batshit crazy conspiracies I've ever heard of. I love the moons made out of cheese, and I love that we never went to the moon. It was all filmed, you know, with Stanley Kubrick. But some of this other shit is just either A, so crazy it's real, <laughs> or B, people got to fucking go out and get some jobs. You, you've you got to listen to our moon conspiracy yes. episode. I do need yes. to. Yeah, 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 for sure. It could be an alien base, Deborah and Jeremy, yeah. or it could <laughs> be the fact that uh, now our Air Force has to wear G-suits to go over 9Gs. But when they came back from the moon, a couple of farmers came back at 32 G's. And that's all NASA documented. Shit. I mean, like we I'm never went to the fucking moon. We were shooting lasers there mm -hmm. in 1963. Bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to put on my uh, brown desert cloak again and say, <laughs> that's no moon. That's a space station. <laughs> Are we, going, we gotta go full flatter come on now it's oh sweet, oh. sweet i hate Christmas. flat i hate flat earth i love yeah, hollow, I earth. hollow earth I can hollow get earth is fun hollow yeah. earth is fun i wish it was real when uh, you don't know where those cave systems on the east and west coast go the missing I mean, 411 that disappear around those cave systems come on now mm -hmm, scott mm -hmm. and there That's were those the two green children i mean dog dogman <laughs> Dogmen live in mines, Scott. Dogmen live in mines. Where do you think their home base is? Under the earth. Un for sure. Like with the dinosaurs. And that ties yeah. into yes. your shit. That's where Macaulay <laughs> Membe is from. Yeah, buddy. Well, you know, like we, so um, Preston, you didn't go to Kentucky, did you, for the uh, Pixelated for a Purpose fundraiser we did? Nope. Okay. So Stephen and I and our buddy Corey uh, went to Kentucky to visit Rob for our uh, yearly fundraiser we do. And we went to Mammoth Cave. And that's a Ooh. topic we've touched on a little bit here and there. But I mean, like, if you want to feel small <laughs> and terrified, go to fucking Mammoth Cave. And like, we went to the real touristy part where they've gone through and sadly, like, paved roads through and put up you know safety rails and everything else but they show you the map of how far mammoth cave goes through the u.s it's pretty freaking scary like if, if you want to you know err on the side of you know dog men and all these cryptids and tommy knockers and all this kind of stuff and hell here and all that it's not hard to really like at least sway towards the and eh, that might be real it, yeah you know because i mean i think if i remember right it goes up into parts of canada even that's nuts. I mean, and what comes out we, of Canada is just even more terrifying. Wendigos and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Deborah. Yeah, cute little packages. That's all. <laughs> I mean, you look at how Earth, you got freaking 
dogmen, you got rakes slash pale crawlers, you have all these Bigfoot even can live underground. Like yeah. that's where they live is caves. So they probably live in the freaking underground too. I yeah. mean, it's a whole cryptid nation. That's uh that's know. funny. The rake is what that guy was trying to give me the fifth degree on was yeah. we called it bullshit, a, man. Yeah, we called it a cryptid encounter. Uh, and he's just like, it's a creepy pasta. And then finally I messaged him. I'm like, what's your problem, dude? It's all creepy yeah. pasta. So I we mean, had, uh, talked well, about um, uh, the man who blew, blew up Bigfoot that episode. Mm-hmm. You know, when my dad was in Vietnam and he was a tunnel rat and he would go inside these tunnels. They would actually open up into caverns that had structures that had been carved out of rocks that have been there for thousands of years and even the native vietnamese didn't know what they were for they just decided to repurpose them and the 13th warrior with antonio banderas a lot of people don't realize that when michael Crichton wrote that book he actually based that off a real story so there were runes that were discovered that talked about a battle um, with the norse of these i don't remember what they call them in the, in the, the movie or in the book but they're these people that basically wore like bear skins and they appeared to be dead so modern modern archaeology went back and said hey that's actually the last known encounter of modern man with neanderthal because our timeline when we think about neanderthal you know x amount of years ago is when the last neanderthal went extinct but here we actually have in like the 1500s 1600s we actually have this encounter with vikings and neanderthals and it was actually recorded and you know michael Crichton hollywood did a banger of a job of you know sprucing it up but they they lived in caves so you know a lot of people's take on bigfoot is big is bigfoot an actual cryptid or is bigfoot more or less some type of neanderthal that is just undiscovered Hmm. and the reason why we don't see them or the bodies aren't in the woods is because they're they're actually civilized. They actually have a civilization. So when they're dying out in the forest, they're actually carrying those bodies back to the cave systems that they live in. And they're, you know, they have their own underground culture. And that's why they can pop up here and pop up there. I don't really like the whole Bigfoot's like alien cyborg bullshit. I I am gonna be more like Dude, Bigfoot's <laughs> fucking underground in caves. That's that's where. Thank you. Are. So, so do you thank think, you. Do you think they are like uh, skin and just bone? Some Scandinavian race that found their way into the cave system and they're so, wearing furs. They're not Scandinavian. So in Scandinavian, they said they were big and tall. In 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 American folklore, so the Paiute Indians, there is Lovelock Cave. Right. They talk about this race of, of giants that were covered in, in red hair. They were cannibals. They're basically a bunch of fucking, you know, a bunch of fucking assholes. And the Indians were just like, dude, if you don't stop fucking with us, like we're, we're going to get you. And these these giants uh, basically wait, you know, waged war with them. But they lived inside this cave system. So the Indians just fucking blew the cave tunnel in and then dropped like fiery wood down and smoked them out and suffocated all of them and then hundreds of years later we go and do an excavation and we actually find these huge skeletal remains that are now in the um they're like in a museum in the arizona um like college museum so in the archaeology department like just locked up in a cabinet they have these giant skulls 
Um, there is another tale that um, actually goes up in Canada. I can't remember the name. It's called like the Lake of the Headless Men. So during westward expansion, when gold miners were making their way up through Alaska and going up into Canada, again, there's these tales of these seven, eight foot tall people that were fucking assholes. And if you encroached on their land, they would just go in and chop your head off. And so the tale became that you don't go to this region of the area because you're basically going to get decapitated. And so a lot of miners and, um, you know, people searching for gold ended up they'd find the body washed down river with, you know, their head missing. But the, the tale is that the, the people doing it were something that was seven to eight foot tall. They were covered in some brownish to reddish hair. And even native Americans, when they talk about Sasquatch, if you actually get down to the nuts and bolts of what they're describing, they are not describing Bigfoot or Sasquatch as a cryptid or as a monkey, a gorilla they're actually what they're describing is um, kind of like what dad said in Vietnam with, uh, you know, the mini Bigfoot there. The tribesmen, when dad would talk to him, said that they're called the ugly people. They're just the wild men of the forest. Mm-hmm. They didn't think of them as monkeys. They thought of them as just uncivilized human beings that were just covered in hair. So even Native Americans, um, you know, your Inuits in Alaska, they all describe the same thing as being just a wild person like something that's not civilized that's just covered in hair yes in world war one you have reports when germany was invading russia they would be on the lookout for russian soldiers and in this official german document they actually have where they went up to a cave system and they're like dude there's a bunch of fucking russian soldiers in there like mount your guns get ready and all of a sudden and then this big hairy thing comes running out of the cave with a fucking wooden spear and the German shoulders just unload lead, kill it. And when they go and look at it, they're like, uh, dude, that's a fucking hairy guy. Like, what's a seven foot hairy guy doing living in a cave? <laughs> but all these reports, if you dig deep enough, all relate back to a seven to eight foot tall thing, hairy, that's humanoid, that's basically looks like an uncivilized man living in a cave system. And if archaeologically, if you go back and look at Neanderthals, um, especially like over, yeah, you go over in England that they, they've started to discover cave sites that actually show Neanderthals actually had like churches. They had places of worship. They, you know, they had buildings and structures that were hewn in these, these caverns. They were cave people that were primarily nocturnal so they did all their activities at night but they propagated in these caves so it makes more sense to me bigfoot yes we call it a cryptid but it's probably just an unknown you know species of man like a wild man that's just still living in cave systems and you got crazy people are like no dude it's a fucking robot for aliens no, I, wish, I, mean, I wish I had their eyesight because my eyesight is dog shit at night. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I had a, a guest in my podcast a while ago, Von Strickler out of Pennsylvania. He's a really well-known paranormal investigator, but cryptid investigator. But he insists that like Bigfoot and Dogmen are ultra-terrestrials. And I'm like, no, that's not... That, I mean, it's possible, but I find it so unlikely. Like, Bigfoot is, I heard it a long time ago, but Gigantithecus, like Gigantithecus, however the fuck you say it, but like, that's my explanation for Bigfoot right there. It, Human, was it humans... Ron, Ron Moorhead that uh, did the uh, 
Sierra Nevada files where he actually went yeah. out into the forest and recorded it, took it to a linguist. And he's like, that's proto-Japanese. Um, nobody spoke that... this language in like thousands of years. I don't know exactly what it's saying, but from the sounds of it, he's saying, get the fuck out of my forest or I'm going to kill you. And Ron was like, all right, cool. I'm going back next week and I'll see what else I can grab. So I, I don't think, you know, proto-Japanese and like alien, if they were like alien, they'd be speaking like clean on or some shit. I mean, that's just ancient, ancient aliens, but yeah. I'm not I mean, saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. I, I, mean, I am the skeptic. Every, I, I've heard that Japanese footage, and I'm not uh, the Sierra sounds. Yeah, yeah, the Sierra the, sounds. The, <laughs> the the Paris and Gimlin film is what sells it for oh, me always. Jesus Christ! It's a female, and there was no oh, suit like that ever made yeah, by movie people I'm, back I'm gonna, in those I'm days. I'm gonna go with Jeremy on this. If you if you look at the like the mo- like, they've actually had AI analyze it, and the AI is like, yeah, that's an actual structure. Like it's got scale, you know, it's got a skeletal structure to it. You see boobies. I'm sorry, they're hairy boobies, but they're there. Um, Pendulous breasts is what we prefer to call those. Yeah, pendulous yeah. breasts. We and should do thick an thighs. episode on this because this. Like 30 seconds of film can be broken down for an hour. Yeah. (laughs) I would go as far as to say this. If we want to believe the Patterson-Gimlin footage is fake, you can't argue with me that it did not at least inspire (laughs) half a century of exploration and questioning inspiration. It inspired the Four Horsemen of Bigfootery. But he... Paid a fraudulent. It was a known con artist that paid with a fraudulent check to get the camera. The fucking. Camera oh, equipment. we've all paid for. We've all paid for things fraudulently or with five figure discounts to get. Dude, if I Come believe, on, Scott. I managed a mobile home park in Lancaster, California. In Orm, I managed a storage container or storage complex in fucking Jacksonville, Florida of a Phillips and Emerson. People come up with some crazy shit and they will try to convince you to the apps of fucking loot fullest. And they'll bring so there's, they'll there's bring that guy. God, Sean, what is that guy's name that we always make fun of on the show? He's like out of Texas. Me? Uh, <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> Alex Jones. Good job. Uh, so he every every five years he's in the news. Like this is the guy who's discovered Bigfoot's body, and he'll do. I I mean, when you look at him from the waist up, it looks like a Bigfoot, and they're very good fakes. But you look at him from the waist down, and it's like, dude, you put so much time and effort in the face and the eyes, but you can't get Bigfoot's wiener right. Um, yeah, the Patterson Gimlin film, like they've dis- like experts have dissected that. Think about that for a second. A lot mm-hmm. of experts have dissected that, and they're saying it's. I can't one hundred percent say it's real, but I can't say it's fake. You have this guy spending tens of thousands of dollars on a dummy, and he doesn't have enough common sense to be like, dude, make the pecker look real. Rick I mean, Dyer, you're talking about Rick, Rick Dyer. Dyer. That's that's my boy right there. Or Ricky Man, D. Yeah. I uh, where the hell did Jeremy go? Couldn't take it anymore. Couldn't take take the fact that Bigfoot, that Patterson Gimlin footage, dude, a a grain of salt. Like, come on, dude. Like, 
all of the circumstantial evidence that's with it. Like, this is like Joseph Smith. If you believe in the Patterson-Gimlin footage, you might as well believe in Mormonism, and I live in Utah. Just saying. <laughs> but Just you saying. moved to Utah. That's the difference. You chose to go there. Okay, we got somebody. Oh, Jeremy, my internet crashed, but it's almost midnight here. I got to go. Goodbye, Jeremy. Oh, dang, Jeremy. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then there fun. were four. You Damn. guys do, uh, um, I don't know. I've, I, like I said, I've been listening for two, two Christmas times. You guys like play video games or something? Yeah. For, so like a about Christmas charity well, thing. So we do it every November. It's pixelated for a purpose. Um, it's basically our little run at the. Um, it's a Children's Miracle Network. Preston, what's it called? Extra Life. Yep, Extra Where Life. you pledge to play video games. Generally, if you do it the right way, the way you're supposed to do it, you pledge to play video games for one full day straight, 25 hours during daylight savings every fall. Okay. And you can do it anytime you want, but the true challenge is daylight savings because you have to get 25 full hours. And we've been doing that on and off Um I think I've done four of them, Presto. You've been involved in what, two or three, two? Two. Yep. Two of them. And then Rob has been doing it. Rob and Steve have been doing it for years before that. And yeah, I mean, that's what we all bonded through. That's the reason why we have the podcast at all is because originally Rob and I would play Xbox. We met through um, our buddy, Steven. And uh, and see, my cat is doing that thing where he's being a giant jerk. Oh, boy. Give me just a second, guys. (laughs) <laughs> Deborah, we're signing you up for this next year. Am I <laughs> for the video? Please. <laughs> John and That's I also cool do one, uh, Polar Plunge. Uh, we raise uh, money for Special Olympics, and then you jump in 27, 21, 17 degrees cold water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that hurts. Um, <laughs> They have a thing that you can do that around here. Yeah, that's that's good. It takes your breath away. <laughs> um, are you talking about me not having pants on? Is that what took your breath away? Maybe that's the Bigfoot. Maybe no, I, that's that's what we're, uh, we're talking about polar plunge and jumping in like 17 degree water. And... Okay, so fun fact real quick. Um, the room I record in is usually very warm because it's right by the outside heater. So to get my cat off of that window, I had to first leave the room and put pants on. Because I knew my lower half would be on camera. You had, you had <laughs> no pants during this yeah. show. That's part of the Patreon if you want to see those goodies. <laughs> yeah, Polar Plunge, man. Preston and I do a lot of stupid stuff just for fun. So if you can raise money for it, it's just like, well, that's just cheating, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome you guys do that. I like that. Polar Plunge is a good time. Um We've done that. Preston, I think you have one year on me. I think you've done it one more year than I have, or maybe I did it one year without you and you've done it one year without me, maybe. Yep. Oh, that's a good time. It Pain doesn't even really describe it. It's more like if you believe in evolution, when you hit water that's 27 degrees, like your lizard brain kicks in and all you can <laughs> think of is like 
survive, 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 yeah. danger, yeah. danger, danger. And then like, then you realize like, oh, I got to breathe too. Like when you get out of the yeah. water. <laughs> I, I always say it's like uh, you feel your soul leaving your body and you're just sitting there emotionless. And then all of a sudden your soul goes back in. You're like, oh shit. Not only do I have to breathe, but I got to get the fuck out of this water and try to get your limbs to move. Yeah. And it's like, I might be drowning. I'm not really sure what's going on right now. Yeah. When that electric cold water hits you, you just kind of freeze. And then your body's like, hey, drive, jackass. And <laughs> you got to get back up out of the water. Now, we'll redo it. They normally have uh, firemen in wetsuits. They're at the ready in case you have like a half a second of distress. Then they'll get right, you out right. of the water pretty quick. So, see, I, I was born in phoenix and grew up in the desert so uh i want to move to brazil <laughs> like utah is too cold for me whatever you guys are dealing with is nonsense i don't not do oh it's a good time you know it's one of those things my good mentality time. is if it's my time it's my time if that was what was in the cards then by god fate played what out. a way to go it was yeah. <laughs> When it yeah. gets to 100 and I'm actually sweating, that is a good time. Like 80 is uncomfortable. But when I'm sweating, I'm good to no go. No kidding, huh? Then your blood's pumping. You're ready to go. Yeah. Nice. And I'm like white as fuck. Like I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't understand. You were meant for dark spaces. quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're a cave dweller, man. And that's why your skin is so light. You're meant to be, you know, yeah. subterranean. Oh, my God hot spring dweller i don't i don't know <laughs> yep that hey that'd be all right man i love you yeah sign me up for that yeah no everybody starts bitching when it gets to 80 degrees over here in utah i i swear to god the first year we moved here i was bundled up like the christmas story kid and we <laughs> went to go see the mormon temple because they they do like a big show they haven't done it in the past couple of years and they're not doing it this year because they're under construction mm -hmm. but uh like i'm fucking bundled up like the christmas story kid can't move my arms down and i am freezing my dick off bundled up and i see a dude walking around in a t-shirt and shorts oh there's mm -hmm. always like, that you, guy everywhere <laughs> you are different you are something different than i am like, <laughs> yeah you are made of spare the, parts buddy <laughs> whatever the fuck is going on dude like i i couldn't do it i um, you know that was the way i used to in my own mind boost my um immune system every year is i would just wear flip-flop shorts and a t-shirt wherever i went for like the first like two weeks whenever we'd had a good freeze fuck yeah. that yeah, I think, and again, it builds character, like the Krampus Bells, man. It's teaching you to be a better person. Who, what's the name of that guy? And he teaches spiritual stuff, and he does the vice traps. Yes, oh, that guy, and he... Yeah, he, Wim Hof as well, there. Wim Hof. Oh, yeah, that's, that's who it is. Wim, yeah. Wim Hof. I've got, um, oh, what's his name? Scott Carney has a book called What Doesn't Kill Us. And I believe, I haven't read it yet, I believe the premise is he was like a reportive journalist who went somewhat, not really undercover, but he went as a skeptic into one of Wim Hof's training sessions to learn the deep breathing. And then he wrote this book about how it ironically changed his whole life. <laughs> so, I mean, there's something to it. Well, my name is Scott and I was a carny. So wow. did you write this book? No, uh, no, no, there's no correlation. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking moving to Brazil. As what a convenient cover, money. though, for you to say, I hate cold stuff. In reality, you're breathing through your diaphragm and 
<laughs> I got the fucking heater bumped up to 74, dude. Like Gross. the heater's blowing me right now. And I'm fucking cold. So. And you're shivering. <laughs> it's all the ice cold beer. That's what's keeping I, you going. I don't think so. So you uh you had told me in our chat that you had a story that happened on Christmas. Do you want to regale us with that tale? Oh, sure. Yeah, I didn't we did uh a ghost story on our show i didn't get to do well i guess i did do this one but like so the first time i ever like when i got with my wife 18 years ago i snuck into her house and i had to use her bathroom worst night of my life right like i'm fucking <laughs> i'm in her house we're doing girlfriend boyfriend stuff i have to use the bathroom and then like shit i can't use the bathroom her mom's there so uh i go to the right aid and that was the first time i have ever shit diarrhea and puked at the same fucking time wow. but when i was in her bathroom like i could tell that her shit was haunted like her house was fucking haunted I think and you haunted it with the burritos you had. No, no, no. I, I am Chonga bombs. <laughs> like I, I reached out to all the, everyone, and Deborah and Jeremy came on, and Tamira, um, or is it Tamira? Tamira, yeah. Tamira, okay. And we started this podcast. I've always been the skeptic, but I have had these special sightings. So. Uh, I thought her shit was haunted and I move into her house and a bunch of crazy shit happens. Like her mom's candles burn opposite directions. Like her brother's passed out and the fucking TV just turns on out of nowhere and the volume goes all the way up. But then one, uh, it was Christmas Eve. I came back, I was I was a janitor for the movie theater, and we had we had three dogs, and then her mom had a bunch of dogs, and they all slept with us on our bed. And when I would come home, I would have my coffee and I'd smoke a cigarette and like put the shit on the end table. But then we woke up Christmas morning and my coffee half full was stuck in the middle of the bed and the ashtray with fucking like seven dogs on the fucking bed. and then i woke up first none of the dogs are moving and there's the fucking coffee standing up straight on a queen-size bed and the ashtray but like that that wasn't the craziest craziest ghost story i had but that's still pretty nuts man i mean with that much going on on the bed two people plus you know a menagerie of dogs that's impressive yeah that no, someone like, did knock it over the craziest thing is like we we used to party in the desert right we're from the desert and we used to hang out in juniper trees so we would start a fire in the juniper tree and there'd be like 20 of us hanging out and then uh, one time, everyone else fell asleep, and my wife and I were up when the sun came up, 
And all of a sudden we heard our friend Colin, who had not been there that night, come in and say, hey, guys, let's go. And then he was like, like talking to us. I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but like we were talking sentences to each other. And my wife and I were up still. So we fucking got up and there was no one there. And huh. he had no fucking no recollection of that. So like, he has no memory of like being there Xanax at all. Blackout or something like huh. six in the morning. Well, probably like five thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> now you you saw him fun. or you just heard him? We heard him, but we were uh-huh. talking to him. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's wicked. But yeah, no, I'm not like a big paranormal believer, but uh, I've had some crazy shit that's happened and that's one night i got drunk and wanted to start a paranormal podcast <laughs> and that's <laughs> deborah's stuck here right now yeah <laughs> that's how it all started <laughs> that's how it all started well that's wild man wow so what are your guys' stories well like, i uh... know this shit's running late but like if you want to Tell I mean, we could story. we could end it on a high note, Preston. How much time you got? You got like ten minutes. Uh, man, I got a, all the time in the world for you, boo. Good. Oh, look at that! We are doing it all night long, Preston. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Let's so send in your donations. Right. So I got this wicked one, man, um, that happened, and I haven't really told it very often because it's one of those stories you tell people, especially like when you're in middle school and high school, and they think you're just batshit crazy, but. So this one night, I was out at my grandma's house in this little town called Roselia, and we're talking like middle of nowhere, Kansas, in a town with a population of like 100 people. And I got to set up the layout of my grandma's house real quick. It's this kind of old farm type house where you walk in the front door and you can see straight through to the back door. So you walk in and you can either go straight through the living room or you can hang a quick right and go into her bedroom. But if you keep going straight, you walk down this like super long living room and there's a little room kind of off the side of that. So like her living room is like an L shape. Think of it that way. You can keep walking through the living room into her kitchen where you can either turn and go to the bathroom or keep going straight. You go down one little step and now you're in her laundry room and the laundry room has a back door with a little window cut into it and two curtains, which goes out in the backyard. And in the backyard, she has this really tall like street light. It's supposed to be a lamppost, but it's like a big wooden street light. Um, I don't know why it was there. It's always been there since I can remember. And behind that, you got a row of cedar trees, which separates her yard from the football field that the high school owns. So anyway, it's summertime around midnight, and I had to have been like eight or 10 years old. And it's just me and my grandma that weekend. My brother had stayed home. And it's pretty cool outside for a summer evening. So grandma has all the windows open. That way we get a nice little breeze going through. And so grandma's asleep in her bedroom and I'm laying inside uh, on an air mattress right outside of her bedroom in the living room. And I'm laying there just staring up at the ceiling fan, listening to the sounds outside. You know, the highway's kind of wafting off in the distance. You got crickets and birds and I'm sorry, crickets and bugs chirping. And all of a sudden 
I get this weird surge of adrenaline and I can't explain why or where, but like panic just sets in. And all I can think of is like <gasps> grandma. And I don't know what caused it. Um, maybe, you know, six cents. I don't know. But when I'm laying there, I can hear her still breathing. I can hear her kind of snoring once in a while. So I'm like, okay, she's okay. Why am I worried about grandma? And then I notice the air suddenly gets kind of like dry feeling like, like static electricity. And then suddenly I notice all the noises outside are gone too. Crickets are quiet. There's no leaves rustling. I can't hear the highway. It's like that weird Oz effect that a lot of people talk about before, like shit's about to go, you know, down. And then I realize as I'm looking up at the ceiling fan, I can't move. And it's like sleep paralysis. I'm wide awake, but the whole body's just shut down frozen. And so I'm laying there on this mattress and all I can do is just move my eyes around and barely look down past my feet. So I have a clear view of the back door and I look down through the back door and I can look through the window, through the curtains, and I can see this street light out behind her house and it starts flickering, like strobing, but it's not a consistent pattern. It's just kind of like flicker, flicker, flash, dim flash. And then I happen to notice that looking up, through the window are two big old black eyes and this thing, whatever has these eyeballs is just tall enough to just peek, you know, just over the bottom of the window. And I'm just like scared shitless. And I look up at the ceiling fan and I kind of wait, you know, for kind of like 10 and I look down and then standing in the laundry room. Now on the other side of the back door is this like three and a half, four foot tall, Little gray thing standing there, big head, little body, you know, long arms, big old black eyes. And it's just standing there, just motionless. And I'm, you know, hypothetically shitting the bed. I look back up at the ceiling fan. I count to like 10 or 15. I look back down. And now this thing's in the kitchen. So it's like going from 50 feet to like 40 feet. And now it's about 30 or 40 feet away from me. And I'm just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, what is this? What's going on? I look back up at the ceiling fan. I look back down towards my feet. And this thing just takes off at a dead sprint, just flying towards me, running through the house. It's going so fast, it clips this bag like a Walmart sack full of like yarn that's hanging on the back of this chair. And the bag just goes, boom, and just starts like flying back and, you know, rocking back and forth. And I'm just thinking like, oh God, oh dear God, Jesus, like what's going to happen? And this thing just jumps, lunges for me, hands outstretched. And it's all I can do to finally barely move. And I kind of go like, and like pull my arm up in front of me to kind of shield myself from this thing. And after about 10 or 15 more seconds, I'm still frozen, covering my face, eyes closed. I open my eyes and I look past my arm and whatever was there is gone. I'm by myself in the house again. I can move my body again. You can hear the bugs outside and the sound of the truck start picking back up. And all that's left is that bag of yarn just swaying back and forth, slowly kind of slowing back down. I don't know what it was. Um, I was too scared to ask my grandma what it was. I've never told her about it. She's since passed away, but I don't know. One of the weirdest things that's ever happened. So do you think that was because I, I had sleep paralysis and I've talked mm -hmm. about it on our show. I did not see any type of creature or anything, but it was. It was like real life. Like I was sitting in a chair. We had moved to this house and we had actually moved to a, uh, we managed apartment complex before we moved to this house. We had to move back to Utah because my 
mother-in-law was passing mm-hmm. and uh i was actually sitting in this exact chair and you know long night i fell asleep or whatever the fuck sleep paralysis is and i woke up in the fold-up chair that i would have sat in when we were in jacksonville florida except none of our shit was there so it was (laughs) like exactly how we left it and i was screaming for my wife my kids like just fucking trying to be noticed but i could not talk Mm -hmm. and it lasted like 20 real life minutes Jesus. But then then I woke up. But there was there was no demon like I was just paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So do you think that is like a mental thing or do you think that is like with your experience do you think I it's mean, a mental thing or do you think it's, I it all it's felt weird. it's Feels bizarre weird. whatever it was. If it was just a figment of my imagination it's super weird. And I mean, like I was into all this stuff way, way early. We're talking, you know, seven, eight years old. I was buying UFO books and stuff like that. I've had regular sleep paralysis back when I was that young. And I mean, up until a few years ago, it kind of quit, but like normal sleep paralysis to me, if there's any kind of figure, it's like a shadowy person. It's like a human figure. You know, they're built, they have shoulders and arms and hips and knees. And But, but you saw it like, gray. It looked like a fucking gray. You yeah. know, and I mean, I grew up watching the show Sightings on um, Sci-Fi Channel, you know, and, and a little bit of X-Files here and there. So, like, it's it's in my vernacular, you know. But every time I've had regular straight-up sleep paralysis, it's always been, like, just shadowy people. There's no definitive features. They all look human, like, you know, normal-sized heads and everything. Almost or even, like, spiders. TV static. Don't forget the spiders. And fucking, yeah, oh, sparkly yeah, spiders and that, shit like dude. that. Yeah, we could stay on till tomorrow if you want, talking about weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just the dude, stuff that if, me and Presto have seen, but... If I um, start getting sleep paralysis where I see demons, I am smoking weed nonstop. There are no more <laughs> dreams. Like, I'm not fucking... Like hag and stuff. That's common for sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old hag and things. all that. Um, That's pretty normal. I didn't see any of it. That was what was weird about it because I looked it up and like you're supposed to see this like demon on your chest. Uh, Are you sure? Like, what about astral projection though? Maybe you just project. That's what I was thinking, man. That's what I think. And that's yeah. 100% believe. But my chair was in my garage, not in Florida. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I thought is astral projection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was freaky even without the demon. If I saw the demon, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, was pretty it. close, it might come to this. Yeah, like, yeah, no that doubt. Should happen on the regular. Yeah, it. I don't know. It it could easily be you know a state of almost sleep where the whole body's asleep. It's just my mind is awake. The thing that was tangible that makes me look back and go oh, was the damn the bag. Bed. Yes, because the that's bag. a physical effect. Yeah, because that's a tangible physical thing. Yeah, and the way it got hit and it just like wildly swung back and forth. And then we're talking about 30 seconds afterwards. It's still just kind of wafting back and forth, slowing down. That was what was wild was I can explain away all of it to active imagination because God lover, uh, my grandma's who got me into horror movies and I'm a horror nut. So I was watching freaky shit. I shouldn't have been watching way before eight years old. Um, so, I mean, it could have easily been in my mind, but just seeing the bag is what was just wild and being, being fully awake. Like I set up and I'm moving around and looking 
and the bag is just, you know, like a pendulum. So I don't know. No, I get, I get it. I totally get that. Presto, like, uh, what did you bring to the table, buddy? Because you've had some weird stuff go on too. I brought sleep paralysis to the table as well. <laughs> yeah. There's um, a theme. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of like Sean, um, maybe up until two years ago, like I suffer from sleep paralysis a lot. And nine times out of 10, it would be, I would wake up and there's like this, um, almost like a vibration noise. Like you just hear the, like this loud, like vibration noise and I just couldn't move. Like I just felt this pressure, like this force being put over my whole entire body where I could move my eyes, but whichever way, like when I woke up, my head was turned, like that's my peripheral. That's all I'm seeing. And every, every now and then, like, you know, I would wake up and I, you know, I always sleep on my back. So I'm waking up and, you know, I can't really move my head, can't move my legs or arms. And there's like this multicolored spiders dangling from the ceiling and I'm just watching it drop on this web. So like, if you look at lights and then close your eyes, how you see those bursts of colors, mm -hmm. like that's what this spider looked like. And it would just go down and go down. And the minute it would hit my chest, all of a sudden it's like, boom, I can pop out of bed. Mm -hmm. never really saw a lot of shadow figures so shadow figures and sleep paralysis is not something really where I, I you know i could start listing all these different sleep paralysis episodes and hardly any of them have shadow figure so growing up um so, uh, my dad hold, hold on a second here you guys both have this shit on the regular I mean, up yeah, until, up until I haven't had it up yeah, until sorry. like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be like every couple every couple weeks, I would I would wake up and yeah, I would have sleep paralysis. And, no, I've heard so, so back to astral projecting. So a lot of people that get sleep paralysis, that's like um, before you project, you you get that kind of paralysis feeling if you're yeah. what you're doing if you're doing it intentionally, um, and then you get the vibrating, and then you can move your astral body out. There's techniques and stuff. But a lot of people, um, that sleep paralysis kind of is the step into going to that. If you can overcome the fear of whatever. So have you guys ever tried to um, use some techniques and just see if that works? Or are you interested in that at all? Or Well, I, I've, I've only had it once. And like, I want to hear the rest of your story, Preston, and yeah. answer Deborah's question. But like... Uh... How do you not ever have it again? It's my biggest question. <laughs> like, do you do you ever play dice like Yahtzee? It's kind of like playing yeah. Yahtzee. You can't control like when it's, it's just gonna roll happen. the dice. And then like here's the thing, with my luck at least, I'll be like, yeah, it hasn't happened for like a couple years, and then I'll text you, I'll message you tomorrow, and be like, dude, shit happened last night. Because <laughs> 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 that's just the kind of luck I have. But I don't know. I mean, I've had it in childhood homes, uh, potentially my grandma's, um, all four places my wife and I have lived together and, you know, an apartment and three houses. It just, I don't know. And now the weird thing is post COVID, when I had COVID a year ago, October, my lingering, you know, long COVID side effect is just brutal insomnia. So that could play in it that the insomnia, just the lack of sleep is what's preventing it. Cause I, I mean, 
the thing is, if you have insomnia, you just grab that horse by the neck and just ride that baby, stay up and get shit done. You know, <laughs> I don't usually yeah. sit until I'm ready to go to sleep. I'll pop a sleeping pill and then sit down and I go to sleep. But until then, that? like, I'll just take advantage of the time I have. Yeah. So my my dad passed away about two and a half or well, it's coming Big up on two Wiener. years ago. Big yeah. John Wiener. And so we took we took over the house that I actually grew up in. And so this studio um, is right next to the bedroom in the basement that I spent a lot of my childhood in. And my mom, she would make tostadas a lot and living out in the country, <laughs> being on a septic system, like you can't have a garbage disposal and flush it's all swamp that. gas. <laughs> yeah. And so dad would always say like, you know, after making the tostadas, like you got to honey pour the pour the oil in the trash or put it in a can and take it outside and she would just dump all that shit down the sink oh. well the the pipes got clogged and so this septic thing yeah so this basement bedroom was long enough that on one side you know i had my bed and on the other side i had like a full couch and a tv so i'm sitting there i was probably senior year maybe i'm sitting on my 1970s green paisley couch playing playstation 2 and there's like this explosion and i feel like all this like wet shit dripping down my face and there's like this giant gnarly hole in the ceiling on that side of the room and i'm just like oh my god like the drywall like my whole head's like just caved in like what's going on and it was actually like five day old you know salsa and pig grease and everything else so but dad dad was really bad about because he worked for the government like full time. And so he'd get home. He'd be like, fuck it, dude. I don't I don't want to deal with it. It's just a hole in the ceiling. And so that that hole's actually still there today because I we're in the process of remodeling. <laughs> but I haven't touched it yet. And the, that that basement room had like two windows that let enough light in that like at night you could you could really see like inside the hole. There was enough light that you could see the pipes and everything and, you know, the electrical wiring. And so I remember like waking up and there was like this heavy vibration sensation going on. You know, I can see the ceiling fan spinning like super quick. And the only thing from how I was laying, like the way that my head was angled, I could see that corner of the room where that hole was, but I could no longer see the piping. I could no longer see the the electrical wiring is like this very dark mass was covering up this hole and it kept getting wider and wider and kind of engulfing the room. So it's like washing the shadow kind of getting closer this way toward my side of the bedroom. And then it like stopped. And then out of that hole, this hand drops. I don't know if you've got, have you guys seen the original it that had Tim Curry in it as Pennywise, the clown that scene yeah. where those kids are in the sewer and they pop them in the head with a rock and he drops down and that hand shoots back up the drain and it's got the big, long, gnarly fingers and the fingernails. <laughs> that's the best way to tell you that's what this hand looked like. And it was just slowly dropping out of the ceiling. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. It just stops and it's just hanging there. And I got the impression that whatever it was is like, oh, shit, this kid's awake. It's not supposed to see me. So it slowly starts to just suck its hand back in this black, massy hole. 
And then the sleep paralysis is still there. I'm like, so the hand's gone, but I can't move. And then all of a sudden you see the hand drop back down, go like this and then wave at me. And it's like these fucking demon bat wings just kind of unfold. And it's just hanging there for a second, just going like this. And then very quickly sucks itself back in the hole. And then that whole shadow side of that room, you just see it start shrinking until all of a sudden you can actually see all the piping, all the wiring in the hole. And then all of a sudden it's like, I just bolted out of bed like I can move again. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking going upstairs. Um, I can't sleep here the rest <laughs> of the night. So I'm just going to go binge watch TV at like three in the morning. So, <laughs> and that's, you know, normal sleep process. Like I said, uh, in England, they call them scuddlers where you see like spiders or like crab-like things moving around and they're multicolored. Like I'm totally used to that, but I hardly ever see shadowy figures. And that's the first time where I saw a hand, but it was like fucking long, creepy. And I got the sensation, like I'm not supposed to see it. Um, and then it just fucking disappeared. Like it waved high, like, hi, motherfucker. And then boom, <laughs> gone. So. Oh, well, that's well, pretty fascinating. I've never had sleep paralysis. My son does. He gets it quite regularly, uh, but I have many, like many, many, many experiences with spirits, um, but not scary stuff because I've kind of always had that stuff happening. But uh-huh. I mean, I have a million, you know, stories about, you know, music starting, like radio starting in the basement kind of thing. I've had people come, you know, um, over and there's, a, you know, a spirit around the house and it touches their hair like they see something and oh so, wow but it's not a, it's not a scary thing so i'm just so used to it and you know it's my mom and my my grandma and everybody kind of were mediums i guess is what it is and i really shut myself down to it because i grew up catholic but mm-hmm. um it just is what it is but i'm not asleep <laughs> so i don't know if that just makes me crazy and you guys are just having bad dreams or if this is all really you know but i'm i'm pretty much a believer because it's just um it's such a natural thing for me <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt you know, when so stuff, are you... sometimes you feel negative stuff but you just um ask it to go and and they do right you can push off negative stuff right so. but i so... have a great thing like what you were talking about i found that interesting because but i was not asleep oh and i was reading and maybe i was falling asleep i don't know uh-huh. but you heard you know, the great thing too like you saw I so I, i've never i've never i don't share this story because it's and i've actually seen them twice but i was reading a book but i'm awake and i mm-hmm. look over it's just like a little light and i was with my ex at the time and this gray and it was just like that kind of a big head little body long mm-hmm. long arms and it reached out to touch touch me and I like freaked out and jumped on him and I was like there's a guy in the room like I but I was awake whoa he's like you know there's nobody there or whatever but there was a death to like a couple days later and that was a long long time ago and then um just a few years ago I had another one visit and there was another um and it's kind of more uh, like um traumatic deaths when they uh-huh. so it's kind of a harbinger kind of thing is Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, but both times I like you instinctively, but I'm I don't think I'm asleep or you know I yeah, them, but I don't know. 
do you witness them enter the room or is it like a thing that's like just in your periphery and you just kind of look over and notice that. like yeah like i'm doing uh. like reading and then you know it catches my eye and then when it reaches it's just instinctive to like you know you know, oh like, god yeah yeah it's like that uncanny valley of life terrifying. you're not supposed to be here don't yeah. touch me right yeah so so yeah and i've never shared that story because it's just so bizarre because i am very yeah <laughs> uh-huh well i mean like that's like the thing at my grandma's playing music it's like something i don't know <laughs> something di- yeah next level <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, something completely different well it's like know. the thing that at my grandma's house i don't share that a lot preston's heard me tell it i think i've shared it on the show once before but like that's the kind of stuff where like ghosts are ghosts are one thing like they're kind of fun especially if they're you know very nice and they're not you know like a, yeah you just get a center like, you know stuff like that or, yeah when you say i think i saw an alien people are like oh oh look at the time uh, yeah. i think the coffee pot's on <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know i always i always kind of smooth it over but like i mean hey it could have been a figment of my imagination maybe i was asleep i don't know you know yeah. but yeah that's bizarre i mean i've heard tales of all this stuff kind of intertwines you know with shadow people i've i've read you know stories and articles about like how they're the foot soldiers like the grays are kind of like these um the worker bees and below them would be like shadow people and those are more just like um, observers and they might come scout out an area and then shortly after you might notice the gray showing up to get a little closer and look a little closer so who knows like you said it could have just been a spirit type thing or maybe i don't know a harbinger you say it happens before death or after death before just a few oh, days before yeah. like a more dramatic kind of man so that's rough have you have like, you ever seen uh gray's preston no nope i i have not um i i was gonna say i used to be on the fence like with sleep paralysis you know is it an, an actual event that's taking place or is it just because your your mind woke up but your body's not quite there yet so you're still in that hyper dream state mm-hmm. i actually was uh with my brother going through several investigations in cemeteries and stuff and normally like when we get done with the investigation i'll be like hey you know if anything's here like you don't have permission to follow us home and i try to close it off and i didn't one night went home went to sleep and in the, one of the houses that i, I was in um it's kind of like the the master bathroom and bedroom were combined and so there was like one of those giant windows in the bathroom that was frosted so it always let a lot of light in so that bathroom door was open at night you could see the wall in front of the bed so the tv stand uh you know the dresser all that was very clear and i woke up and that side of the room was just dark and you see the shadow kind of pull away from the wall and go toward the edge of the bed and there was like this four foot maybe five foot tall silhouette of kind of i got the impression of a female figure and it was just standing at the end of the bed just kind of looking at me and um i couldn't move and we at the time I had like a little wiener dog and he slept outside of the, the bedroom um in his crate, which is always all open. Over everything, right? Yeah. And so dogs. you as I'm just sitting there like watching this four foot shadowy figure just eyeball me and I'm eyeballing it back, all of a sudden the wiener dog just bolts in the bedroom, goes toward the end of the bed and just ape shit crazy barking. 
and then you see that shadowed that figure just go back into the wall make a shadow and then suck itself into nothing disappear and the minute it happened like i was able to bolt out of bed and actually move but the dog was reacting to where that figure was and so i was like eh, maybe all that shit that happened in the past with sleep paralysis maybe there was something to it i don't know so yeah so is that what got you believing um in, in the beginning yes and then um you know I, I started going to cemeteries with like a recorder and i would get evps i'd play him back to my brother my brother is actually practicing buddhist and so you know he's all reincarnation and doesn't really believe in spirits and things like that and thought i was batshit crazy we were attending a funeral in augusta and um after the the lunch there was about an hour and a half before the actual service and so there was another cemetery on the other side of town and said hey i got an hour to kill you got an hour to kill let me go show you that this shit's real and i took him with it with me got the recorder out we walked the whole cemetery it's out in the middle of the country we're by ourselves you know nobody around for miles and so you know my thing the, during that time like with the recording i would always say like you know um, if there's any spirits that are willing and wanting to talk with us, you know, we're here. We don't mean you any disrespect. Um, I'm a believer. I'm just trying to ascertain a better understanding of the afterlife. My brother over here, he's a non-believer. So if you could leave him a message uh, that will prove to him that this shit's real, I greatly appreciate it. And so we'd walk to the other side of the cemetery and I would say the same thing. Walk to the other side of the cemetery. I would say the same thing. So we did this for about 30 minutes maybe 25 minutes into the recording you hear me give that spiel about how like he's a non-believer if you could just leave me a message and there's this clear male voice very crackly that goes christ is dead so downloaded it on the computer emailed it to him and he's like oh shit dude like we were the only ones in that cemetery out in the middle of nowhere who the fuck said that and i'm like well you told me that was full of shit so disprove it and then that's what really kind of got us started on that whole thing and then you know i look back at just the sleep paralysis and not being able to explain it like you know that does kind of give you an open mind to those events and to those things and so yeah here we are so so what do you guys think like when i die i want to be burned immediately i ain't getting no burial my wife wants to be buried in one of them tree pod things like those are pretty cool <laughs> yeah but like like think about it i know most paranormal people believe that uh like you're going to be up walking around the cemetery fucking hanging out with all the other people but what if you're stuck in that fucking box what if you are stuck in that fucking box i want to be burned end it all right now i do not so... want to go crazy in that fucking box I don't I, I guess your spirit hangs around your body at yeah. all. Yeah. So I my I, I think my my personal belief is I, I think you may you make a choice on whether you want to pass on or not. And um I actually have a recording where you're I there's this cemetery right across the street from where I work where um I I went one day and you know i'm asking the questions and clearly on the recorder you hear a male voice say he's curious and you hear a female voice say yes i know he is and then the next day when i go back I, you know i ask a question like why haven't you moved on and the response that i got 
which sounds almost like the exact same male voice from the previous recording says, I'm too afraid. So I think a lot of like when you go to cemeteries, if you're getting EVPs, I think because whatever is there just doesn't want to move on for just because we don't, you know, that's the undiscovered journey. We don't know what's awaiting for us on the other side. So all of a sudden we're, we're on death's door. We're there. Mm-hmm. You got to make a choice to move on. And they're like, nope, I fucking rather just hang out and in this place and just be a fucking ghost. Cause I don't know what's on the other side. But how far do you get to go from your body, right? Like you're buried six feet deep. Like I ain't taking that chance, dude. Burn my ass. <laughs> Burn I wanna, my ass. And I want to be cremated to the too. people who were yeah, at my funeral. I want, I want to wherever I keel over, cut me open, harvest anything that can go help somebody else out. Because yes. like I've been lucky enough to do some pretty rad shit, like. The Manitou Incline in Colorado and Polar Plunges and Tough Mudders and countless fun adventures. So, like, if you can take my kidney or whatever, yes. and then whoever's sick can be like, oh, shit, now they can go do rad stuff. Let's do Just that. Just not your liver. <laughs> yeah, I, I make the joke that I, I got rid of or a drinking mom's. problem during COVID because I didn't like to drink by myself. <laughs> I, I drink less now. time to drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, whatever you can use, scrap me for parts and then burn it all up. Put me in a coffee can and then bury me in the ground somewhere. Isn't oh, it yeah, fascinating? Yeah. They're, they have their stories about, and this is, you know, really well documented. Um, there was, there's a couple stories, but there was a little girl and she had a heart transplant from another little girl who had been murdered. Mm-hmm. And she um, was having all these dreams and whatever she described the crime and who and they ended up making an arrest yeah. because yeah, yeah. Be like at a cellular level retained all that yeah. information yeah. i'm like the human body and the human and like our energetic bodies and everything it's fascinating and i really do believe there's got to be other dimensions and stuff like i said you know i don't know if i was asleep or not but it just makes sense that there's so much more i mean you know yeah yeah that's why man i'm bummed that jeremy's off of here because i wanted to talk about interdimensional bigfoot with him so I'll save that. That way you have to have us back on. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like talking about other dimensions, right? Like think about the fourth dimension. That's whatever we see except time in memorial. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've spent a lot of time trying to think about the fourth, fifth dimension, or even the second dimension. Like that that is what brings me the simulation theory. I think there's somebody in the fourth dimension. That mm-hmm. made us for lottery winnings or to test dog food or whatever the fuck <laughs> it's yeah. doing, right? Like um, it's trying to pass a law. Let's yeah. make these fuckers close. A lot of, We're close to a lot of your NPCs. Yeah, maybe a lot of your ancient religions, though, actually talk about that concept where this is the this is the school. So we were yeah. created so that you have a physical body so that you can learn lessons. And then if you get them right, you get to move on to the next level. If you get them wrong, you're fucking coming back and you're doing it all over again. But that's, you get it right. that's where I think it's wishful thinking. Like we want to live, right? Like us as people, the four of us, we want to live. We want to go on. We want the afterlife, but you don't always get what you want, kids. You don't always. That's why you get reincarnated as a caterpillar. So I do, and so I totally believe in reincarnation. Um, And 
think. And and the whole spirit thing, you know, um, some spirits don't want to pass on because they're confused or they have business or whatever. But yeah. I think a lot of spirits come back and forth. They kind of guide us and then, you know, choose a time to come back. to Earth. But, yeah. So, yeah, I think no. all the things can be true. I, it all makes sense. And all religions kind of have their own take on it, but it's all kind of the same sort of themes and it all actually makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. But don't you want to win the lottery? Like, but that never happens. Right? <laughs> like, I, I got like a buddy of mine. Our brains make us think a lot of things, but like I personally believe we're just non-player characters in this world. Yeah. And when it's done, it's done. I got a buddy whose ex-wife's family won the lottery. And they uh took him along with them. They said, Hey, we're gonna move out of state. If you want to move with us, we'll get you a house. My uh, my parents' neighbors won the Fantasy Five, and they got a hundred thousand dollars, which paid off half of their medical debt. So it's hey, like, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. What do you think? Well, a hundred thousand dollars paying off half. Like, come on, yeah, dude. I think we are wishful thinkers. We're dreamers. What do you think about and, people though? Some people win three, four, five, seven times one guy won. Like yeah. I mean, oh dude, have you ever watched the documentaries on them? They're uh-huh. paying thousands of dollars every <laughs> week to play the fucking lottery. That's the true. Dude, yeah. the, the dude you gotta play won, to win. You gotta my, play to win. My parents' neighbor, I would see him in the liquor store at California. We had liquor stores, and he would buy like you know, fucking a hundred dollars worth of tickets here. And then there was a liquor store across the street. And then he would buy fucking more tickets there, probably a hundred dollars. And then he, he won at the VFW that was a mile away. So like, God knows how many hundreds of dollars this motherfucker never won anything. He might've got a slight reimbursement on his fucking money. I got a buddy (laughs) who, I got a buddy whose wife, um, they would buy the crossword scratch offs all the time. Those are about two bucks a pop. And they were one, it was one day they were like super, super like between paychecks. Like they got like 20 bucks to get through two days mm-hmm. and she bought a crossword and he just berated her and belittled her. He's like, we we can't eat this ticket. I could eat $2 worth of McDonald's. What are you doing? She ends up winning $20,000 off of it. 10,000 going to the government. Yeah, 20,000. And he said six. He first he complained. He's like, well, 6,000 went to taxes. And I said, well, Ken, if you don't want the other 14,000, holler at your boy. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to give them 6,000, still walk away with 14. But he's kind of, he kind of smirked and he's like, well, it's probably paid back about half of what I've spent on them damn things. And I just thought, holy shit. Yeah, it's gambling math, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah, now I think anytime I want to buy a scratch off, I'll just throw that two bucks into a jar, and then at the end of the year, well, be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> in Utah, we're not allowed to buy them. So really, yeah, we can't buy any. Can't buy the Mega Million, the fucking. There's no lottery, like no. That's... No lottery at all. This is fucking hardcore Christian. Oh, Mormonsville. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I was I was a big fan of just like. A dollar on the Super Lotto, a dollar on the Fantasy yeah. Five, yeah, yeah. and a dollar on the Mega Million every week. And I was like, I'm not gambling, right? Mm-hmm. 
I'm paying just like I would pay for cable. It's a donation. Now I can think <laughs> when I'm yeah. at work what I'm going to do with this money. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, they fucking you can't do that shit. Oh, that's a bummer. You know how many times I buy the lottery ticket though, and then like two, three years later, I find it. I've never checked it. It's in a purse somewhere. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. I'm too scared at that time to even look because it probably did win and it's just too late. So I'm yeah, not yeah, there's gotta six be a statue. Months, folks. Six oh, is that months. what it is? Six six oh, months. Damn. <laughs> dang, dang, dang. What do you do? Well, guys, I I uh, probably should jump off because I got yeah, work. But <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's fun. Uh, it's been a lot two of fun. hours plus. It Wowie. stopped telling me after two hours. So. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for having us on. This yeah, has been a thank heck you. of a time. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is it was really good. We should do this, you know, um, a couple times a year or whatever. Jump on together. And... Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Most definitely. Yeah. Because Presto and I still have a whole workup on um, mushrooms. We didn't even get to. Yeah, so we'll no, have, to, uh, the, have to get together on that. Real, can you do five minutes? I don't believe in this whole Siberian mushroom thing myself. <laughs> you we don't save oh, that man. for next Christmas. Well, Preston, you got it in you, buddy? Go for yeah, it. I got it in me. All right, Go dude. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you, you think about every single like European culture, right? You got St. Nicholas. Um, everybody's kind of got their own version of Santa Claus um early versions he was like a diminutive little troll he had a pointy gnome hat Um, i just learned tonight that apparently in uh, canada he knocks on the doors instead of going down the chimney like everybody's got their (laughs) own little nuance for santa claus Um, i might have been wrong about that let's just say that oh okay i mean i read it on i read it on the internet so it's got to be true yeah (laughs) Well, if you spring forward back into like the 1930s, Coca-Cola is looking for like a new mascot, right? They don't have the polar bears yet. They're trying to boost sales in the cola industry. So they hire this graphic illustrator named Haddon Sunblom to create Wasn't this new... was Rash the first one who did the advertisements for Coca-Cola? It could uh, have been. Yeah, okay. It could have been. Um, I I used to know the answer to that question back when I was in uh, design school, but they hired this guy named Haddon Sunblom anyway. And so he takes pencil and puts it to paper and he creates this jolly old fat guy, as we know him today, off of all the commercial industry, right? He's got the big old pudgy belly. He's got the rosy red cheeks and everything's cute and fuzzy like we know him today. Big uh, Big red jacket and matching pants, all with white trim. So some would argue like Norman Rockefeller inspiration, but Norman Santa Rockwell. Claus, yeah. What did I say? Some Again, oil baron. <laughs> yeah. Bullet yeah. points, bullet points. Anyway, <laughs> old, old Santa Claus actually got his inspiration for his classic red, white, and look, not from the graphic artists for Coca-Cola, but instead from the Arctic shamans tripping balls on some really good shrooms near Siberia. That's right. Old Santa Claus got uh, his inspirational look from a large part of his folklore from the, here's that Russian word I'm going to screw up, Koryak Koryak shamans. The Koryak shamans were famously known for wandering around the forest wearing long red robes decorated with white trim as they searched for magical little red mushrooms covered in white spots like Toadstool off of Mario, a.k.a. the Anna uh media muscaria mushroom yeah the colors of their robes honoring the mushrooms and the gift of their knowledge and 
because they were walking around in the fucking snow and dirt all day. Their reindeer lined boots got all, you know, gross and dark and black. Boom. Santa Claus right there. Yep. These so mushrooms whether... take a lot more prep work for anybody who wants to go out and try them. It's not <laughs> as good as psilocybin. Do we go do we put a disclaimer it. here? Neither podcast <laughs> recommends you go pick and eat random mushrooms. No, 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 no. Yeah, don't go eat random mushrooms, but don't buy a pound of mushrooms and have your dealer come back to you later in the night and say, you ate how many? And we'll leave that where it lays. <laughs> Next Christmas, we are going for an argument against the Amanita muscaria. Being the Christmas mushroom. Well, whether you guys know it or not, the anim- the Amanita mascara mushroom is incredibly iconic in its own right because it's the most commonly used mushroom in pop culture. You've seen it frequently in yeah. Disney's Snow White and the Seven Painted. Dwarves. Yep, the Smurfs. And also the Super Mario Brothers, as I'm demonstrating right here. Yes, folks, I brought visual aids. The Mario Brothers mushroom is based off of the same exact mushroom. So anyway, these magical red and white mushrooms are commonly found growing under pine trees due to just how good the spores will attach to the pine needles. And then when they're ingested, they can cause some serious hallucinations. But just like we said earlier, you can't simply just pluck them from the ground and eat them raw because ironically, they can also cause some seriously deadly stomach problems too. Yeah. So to start the process of making these little guys more edible, the Koryak shamans would gather handfuls of the Amanita muscaria mushrooms, bundle them inside of socks, and then hang them from the pine trees. That way they could start drying out and then animals couldn't get to them easily enough. And once they were done, they'd gather up the psychedelic bounty and hang the mushrooms in stocking pouches above their fireplaces inside their yurts to completely dry them out. But being in Siberia, Sean, and snowstorms, and then all the snow all of a sudden piles up on the front door. How, how did old uh, Mushroom Claws uh, <laughs> get the uh, socks on the hearth? That's, That's right. Really he opened question. up a fucking trap door on the top that they created. So when the snow packed up, you just climb up on the roof and go down the chimney. Bada bing, bada boom, baby. It's a gift that keeps on giving. There you go. Just like you said, very, very common. A lot of similarities we're seeing in Christmas already. So you got these holly jolly fat shamans. They're at home. They're chilling by the fire. They're popping these little mushrooms. Hopefully not too many. And the good stuff kicks in. The sky rips <laughs> too many open. quick. Yeah. And the world secrets start revealing themselves. And then the blood would start to rush to their faces. Their cheeks would become hot and flush. And uh, they couldn't stop laughing and, you know, ho, 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 ha, ha, ha. Um, At that you point, go. you stop laughing. Well, that's where you get the rosy red cheeks and the ho, because they're all just tripping balls. That's right, you know. But some people don't like the idea of just simply eating their magic mushrooms because, like you said a minute ago, Scott, sometimes too much is too much. And even though they've been dried out, they still carry high amounts of those toxins. And if you have too many, you get the old rumbly tummy. So Amanita muscaria specifically. Yeah. Shamans also discovered that they weren't the only ones that loved these psychedelic mushrooms. And in fact, reindeer would eat them up like candy. So here's what's interesting. 
When the reindeer eat the mushrooms, the digestive system is said to strip away most of those toxins, leaving all the good stuff to be pissed out. Just like and the that's... Frank Zappa song, watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat the yellow snow. The shamans <laughs> didn't listen to that, and they went outside and they scooped up that yellow reindeer snow into a mug, let it melt by the fire, and they fucking drank reindeer piss and tripped balls. <laughs> yeah, and when they had too much to drink, they go outside to take a leak, and the reindeer smelled the good, good mushroom aroma. And they lap up the shaman's mushroom pee. It's like the circle of life. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yep. And that's when the reindeer get so high from the magic mushrooms, they start to get a little giddy. They start jumping around and running around faster because these mushrooms are said to give you a little more pep in your step. And so the shaman are inside tripping balls off of, you know, just popping mushrooms, drinking reindeer pee. And they hear the ruckus outside. They go outside to see all the commotion. And if the snow has packed high enough, the next thing you know, you see these deer jumping up a little higher than normal. And they're, you know, jumping over the yurt because the snow's packed so high. And thus it gives you the idea that, holy shit, man, these reindeer are flying. Just like Santa Claus is flying reindeer. Well, next year, mine and Sean's cats are going to be flying like reindeer. <laughs> there you go, all you cool ghosts and goblins. That's, I don't know, maybe how magic mushrooms save Christmas. Maybe. Apparently Scott's going to send us to school. And, yeah. Oh, I am. You got to give me some legitimate addresses. Do you want to give them off now? or <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can message them to you. <laughs> yeah, next year. I, I think it would be better if we just did psilocybin because we don't want to... Uh... Go through the whole food poisoning thing. It'll be yeah, Deborah's I'm gonna go first through that, time. Come if it's going to be food poisoning, I'm going to go with the uh, ayahuasca. If we're going to shit our brains out, I want to go on a real journey. <laughs> Fuck that. You guys make this all sound so appealing. Program. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the crap in your pants or the vomiting that makes me really want to join you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. Well, guys, this has been a whole heck of a lot of fun, and uh, we really appreciate you having us on. Yeah, thank no, absolutely. you. Good time. Thank yeah. you guys for coming. I'm going to end the live stream. Preston, would you like to say goodbye with uh, your stuff you do at it, the end of your show? Yeah, stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway, guys. And cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.